Welcome to MPO Sports Podcast. Uh, this episode is just myself and Woody. Um, we have actually suspended Jeremy Wolf. Um, <laughs> we've, we've, we thought we'd support the Barrett Basketball Association in their, well, what I would say, fair, very fair um, findings on the alleged, well, it wasn't alleged because he was found guilty, um, assault on a Ballarat basketball court. So I'm sort of glad we haven't got the filth here with us, Woody. No, well, that's right. Yeah, um, they, they've found him guilty, and so have we. So exactly, he, he, can, he can serve some penance with us as well. Well, that's it. And to the extent that we we felt part of the punishment may have been to have our good fi- our good friend Kimber the White Lion with us, but um, unfortunately he has um, other arrangements tonight, so he couldn't join us. So basically, listeners, it's myself and Woody. So. You either stay tuned now or you can go off and watch, re- listen to repeats if you want to hear Jeremy's voice. That's pretty much the way it is tonight. Um, and it is actually the 21st of the 9th, 2022. So it is grand final week. Uh, we're leading into, well, it's the eve of the public holiday for the passing of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. And funny enough, as we still mourn her passing, it leads us into what has been a very quiet EPL due to postponing a round because of her passing. And and we've got, um, there's a couple of weeks before the next round of games now too with an international break, so. Yeah, so it's sort of given us an extended international break and by the time we get back to it, we're going to be really absolutely snapping at the bits to try and get into it. So what do you what what have been your views of the EPL so far? Um I'll I'll pose a question. Um and this might lead a bit of a discussion. Arsenal, have they finally come back to reality? Look, I I reserve judgment still. Um they're still top of the table, aren't they? So one Let's could not argue, get carried away. One could argue a favourable draw, as we often can. Yeah, you can, but I've um, <coughs> still beaten everyone that's laid out in front of them, except for United, obviously. But but they um, got a they got a United that was ripe for the taking. Yeah, they did, but then they they followed it up with a three 0 win against Brentford as well. The following, <coughs> well, their following fixture, which was a couple of weeks later, but. Um, yeah, they, they they stumbled and then they bounced back. So, um, yeah, I think they're okay for now, but are they going to sustain this for another 31 games? Probably I, I not. think probably <clears throat> not. No, no. But they definitely they've just jumped out of the block, so they've given themselves a good chance to feature in the... Um, Maybe the Champions League placings at least, but I can't imagine that they're going to be the pointy end of the table in the top in and around the top two come the end of the season. No, um, and and funny enough, uh, has Ten Hag started to turn things around slowly? Uh, well, again, United's only played six games, so. But it does look like they're getting some continuity and potentially some confidence about them as well, isn't it? So and a couple of a bit of um, you know, a bit of new uh, participants joining them in the transfer period as well. Yeah, and that they they all always need time to assimilate, do they? Especially coming to the Premier League, mm. um, not everyone adjusts straight away to the Premier League. Um, and we've seen many examples of that, but um, Harland may have bucked that trend this year. Yeah, but, that's um, th- that's probably a, a separate discussion um, along the lines of what we're talking yeah, about. I do, on, I'll go back to your original point, though. I think um, United, they're, they're well-placed. Um, if this is the foundation that they've got under the new manager... Um, <clears throat> And this is just the building blocks. It um, potentially could be a good good ride for United fans for the next few years, which has been a long time coming, hasn't it? Well, and what seems to be happening is Ten Hag 
is making the calls, not um, the Muppets above the manager, which is something that's been not seen since Sir Alex. It's amazing what can happen when you let the people that you employ to do a job do their job. Yeah. I mean, we, you have to, as an employer, keep them accountable, but you've got to let them um, work with their skill set. Yeah, that's right. They, the best way to hold them accountable, though, is get out of their way, let them do their job um, on their own merits without any interference. Yeah, that's right. That is 100% right. Um, now, you did point out, um, I think it was actually earlier this week, that um, Tottenham may have won 6-2. Is that correct? Yep. Two all at halftime with Leicester. And then, in, in matter of fact, in two. fact, it was 1-0 Leicester. That yes, it was two, two, two all at halftime <clears> and then um, four second-half goals. Um most notably um, from Son, who seems to have found his scoring boots again. That was a hat-trick too, wasn't it? It was, yep. What alarms me with that scoreline, even though it's a healthy win, is, and I think I mentioned it in our private chat about it, um, does the offence mask the defence too much? Um, I think at the moment it does. Um, but if you're outscoring the opposition, um, as you said, it, it masks it a little bit, but uh, you'd imagine that Conte's not going to ignore that. It's not just a matter of, doesn't matter how many you score, we'll score more. Um, you'd think that he's he's going to look to shore up that, that defence and stop so many goals coming in. Because let's be honest, the f- most famous quote, from a um, EPL manager has always been goals win games, defence win championships. Championships. And and unless they sharpen up back there against the better teams, that's when they may get found out. Yeah, that's right. But um, all things being equal, though, um, it's a good start from Spurs, though. Second place, a point Mm. behind Arsenal. Mm. A pretty handy goal difference. Um, they're in a good position and to, was- to launch. But the, the, it's going to be a weird season, this one, though, because we've got <clears> the, <throat> obviously, as you said earlier, with last weekend's game being postponed, mm. we've now got a couple of weeks break for the international. So it's going to be three weeks, I think, between Premier League games. Um, and then they come back for about, I think, seven, seven <clears> or eight <throat> weeks, maybe not even that much. And then there's another break for the World Cup. So... Mm. It's very much going to be an interrupted first half of the season. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. So that's from the 21st of November through till the 20th of December. So, But um, the draw's been set up to factor for that early on because there's been a lot of Thursday-Sunday games and that Yeah, there has. But, I mean, we're going to get um, to the Christmas period with, you know, not maybe what, not even half the games being played. So... Um, it's going to be an interesting, interesting mm. to see how teams bounce back from this mini break now, and then also how they bounce back from from the World mm. Cup break. Now, I won't use similar words to describe your outlandish um, prediction at the start of the season, but um, how are you feeling about West Ham after um, our sort of predictions? Because I'll be honest, my prediction was. Um, Basically, I think I mentioned I thought Tottenham might have been a chance of winning it. Yeah. And, and I did say Arsenal would improve. Yeah. <clears throat> um, look, they're, mathematically, there's still a chance. Mm. Yes. Yeah, true. And, and look, <laughs> I, I guess for the listeners... Um, to, to be honest, though, like it, was, it may have just been a bit, um, a bit ambitious to say that West Ham would potentially, you know, push for the top four, but... <clears throat> I don't think anyone expected them to be this bad. No. And and look, in fairness, um, we love interaction with listeners and that, but we and we don't mind a bit of banter and we don't mind a bit of, you know, debate. But, you know, we we do prefer you to maybe not personalise the insults when uh, 
disagreeing with people and that goes for other followers listeners and also you know um a few of our guys because we've discovered that it doesn't take much for it to bite you on the bum even as a an antagonist that um calls other people personal um obscenities um when you consider i believe what is it manchester city are really struggling at the moment yeah, they, they're probably going to get off to a slow start as they adjust to life with um, Harland. And, look, Harland has been substandard. I, I I think he's as overpaid as Maguire. Like, um, I think the last... 11 time... goals in seven games just isn't going to cut it, is it? No, I, he should be at least north of 15. Um, I would have so, thought, yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I think, um, you know, he's probably the biggest waste of money uh, this season. And, um, you know, I don't care these shattering records that, um, you know, uh, are absolutely getting blown out of the water. Um, um, we'll, we'll just bring it back to a more serious note. He's, um, <clears throat> there's only five teams, five teams mm. that have scored more goals than him this season. Who would those five teams be, do you know? Well, they're the top five, so, well, and obviously City, so four yeah. other teams have scored more goals. So mm. Arsenal, Tottenham, Brighton, surprisingly, and United. So only the t- the other sides in the top five have scored more goals than Haaland. So maybe he didn't need that adjusting period, and he, he, he may have got off <clears> to <throat> a bit better than a slow start. Well... In all seriousness, I'm actually impressed to hear that United scored more goals than him because United got bent over early in one of those early games by like four nil or something. So that's not bad. Yeah, they did. Yeah, <clears throat> so that's actually got, not their bad. goal difference is uh, well non-existent. They're at zero. So, which is actually quite good considering a couple of those games where they got bent over in the first two or three rounds. Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> but I mean, they they've still still only scored eight goals in the first six games. You'd like to think that as the season goes on, they're going to start banging in a few more. Well, as far as that continuity comes, um, they, they need, they're going to need to put the ball in the net a bit more often. Eight goals in six games, not going to be conducive to getting three man, points too look, often. And I would suggest that um, as the season um, grows, they're not going to just leave Ronaldo sitting on the bench So, and he does find the net. So... Well, that's the thing too. Now that the transfer window is shut, <clears throat> um, maybe things can settle down there and they can get back on track and he can get back on the park. Yeah, because um, he certainly still has something to offer. He just won't be the prime target, but he's always going to be dangerous in the box, especially on crosses. So anyway, that's probably enough for the EPL. And uh, also, listeners, bear in mind... Um, the week of Friday, the 7th of October is round one of the A-League. So I'll dare say we'll try and put something together uh, with Josh, Woody, myself, and probably if we th- believe Jeremy deserves to be uh, given um, some parole, uh, we will <laughs> possibly have a bit of a discussion uh, maybe around what to look for and whatnot in the coming a-League season. Uh, our other topic before we get into AFL is all things UFC. Now, let's start off with Aldo, who's, well, he's a living legend of um, mixed martial arts. Some argue one of the greatest um, little men ever. So uh, what do you got to say about um, Aldo, Woody? Um, well, I, I think you covered it, to be honest. Um, he's definitely one of the, the greatest small, smaller, lighter weight fighters we've ever seen. Um, most casuals really only remember him getting knocked out by McGregor, but I've said many times before, when you get knocked out or you knock someone out <clears throat> with the first punch of a fight, um, it's down to luck more than skill. Um, that being said, um yeah he he had a um a checkered checkered run of results ever since that um McGregor fight he was 25 and 1 going into that 
fight, and he retires at thirty-one and eight. Yeah, so it's almost like McGregor. Sh- um, is look, I'm not saying we should judge him on the McGregor fight, but it's almost um like that might have softened his jaw or something for a while. Yeah, but let's let's look <laughs> at who those losses were to as well. So Max Holloway twice. Mm-hmm. Um, many a good fighter, many a great fighter have lost to Max Holloway. So uh, you can't <clears throat> can't knock him for that. Um, Alexander Volkanovsky, who's going to be right up there in contention for the greatest lightweight fighter or smaller weight fighter that we've ever seen as well. If he continues, he's almost um, he's almost verging currently on the most complete fighter getting around. Well, he's the number one pound-for-pound pound fighter as we speak. So mm. losing to him, um, well, everyone does that, don't they? Well, he made um, Max Holloway look like a second-rate chump the last Twice. time. That, well, cert, well, even forget the first two fights because you have a lot of Muppets out that argue, but then Volk's just come out and said, okay, and absolutely used him as a punching bag. Yeah, so he's also, <clears throat> also lost to... Marlon Moraes, who's a um, title challenger or winning caliber fighter. Petty Yarn, a former title holder. Um, and then his last one um, about a month ago, um, which probably, probably uh, was the writing on the wall for him against... <clears throat> I don't even know how to say his name, so I'm not going to try. But, um, yeah, he um, he leaves the sport. Uh, what I'm going to say, he doesn't leave what? Um, the sport's might have been much better for having him in it. So let's not forget that he went nearly 10 years undefeated as well. Mm. It so was in between... between um, November 2005 and December 2015, they were they were the bookends of losses. So he went on a 10-year winning streak. Okay. And that, that, that was, what, 14, I don't know how many fights is that? That's 18 fights in 10 years, undefeated. And this is in WEC and UFC as well. But um, mm. we, I went through some of the um, the guys that beat him. Um, let's look at some of the guys he's beaten as well. Kenny Florian, Chad Mendes, Frankie Edgar, <clears throat> um, <clears throat> the Korean Zombie, Ricardo Lomas, Chad Mendes, all guys that have held titles or fought for titles. Mm. And he beat them in a 10-year span. Uriah Faber's in there as well, mm. Mike Brown. Um, he beat the best of the best mm. um, in his pro- in his prime. There's probably not a more exciting fighter to have watched. Yeah, it's it's inter- I was reading um, some quotes from the greatest GSP. It was around. He must have been over um, in France for that um, card recently. Yep. All right. And just just his analogies around, you know, how a, a fighter, just the way he explained how a fighter that should win gets beaten. It was yeah. It was quite interesting. Um, I'd have to actually maybe for a future podcast, I'll read the article again and um, bring it to the table because it was really well worth um, listening. And it's actually something that casuals that follow it might actually understand um, when it comes to that sort of stuff. And and one one thing about Aldo as well that um, you, yourself and myself appreciate is um, we obviously appreciate the fighting for the fighting and don't mm. care much for the drama and the bullshit and the mm-hmm. theatrics and all the characters that go with it. Um, Aldo was a fighter's fighter. Mm. He, he, yeah. fought, he, he fought because he loved fighting. <clears throat> he trained because he loved fighting. Um, and honestly, if we could go back to having more blokes like him 
in the UFC especially, um, it'd be a much better place. Yeah, exactly. And look, I think that's why a lot of people love um, the Volk um, is because there's no bullshit. Whitaker. Whitaker's the same. Um, yeah. Cowboy Cerrone, these sorts of guys. Yeah, even Ty, like he's, um, look, he's, does the shoey that sort of stuff? But see, the thing is, you can have see the thing with Ty though, he's he's got personality, but he doesn't play a character. No, and that got... stuff's okay if you're if you're playing yeah. a character. Um, that's that's what I don't really like. But if and, you've got and, genuine and... personality, yeah. And I was going to say with Ty, look at the respect himself. And who did he lose to again? Gain uh, Cyril Garno. Yeah, Garno, yeah. Um, look at the respect between those two. Yeah. You know, that was just amazing. And, you know, to be honest, there was probably one more punch earlier on in the fight and it would have been a different result when he Yeah, rocked. that's right. If he, had a, if, he, if he had a maybe jumped on him a bit quicker or got a couple more in. Um, it could have been a different result. It could have been a completely different result and then he'd be probably looking at a title fight. But the problem for Ty is he could get into the, into the stage, similar to what Hunt did to a degree, where, yeah, a fighter should beat him, but he's just a bit too dangerous to take the risk with. Yeah, that's right. Derek Lewis, we've seen it with him as well. Yeah, just a... um, guys that fight like that, especially the heavyweights, <laughs> they um, they're just as likely to get knocked out as they are to to knock someone out, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. And look, oh, that's um, why it's so good to watch. Yeah, that's right. And look, as far as um, Ty goes, he probably doesn't hit quite as hard as Mark Hunt, but geez, he hits hard. Oh, he's... everyone hits hard in that division, so. I don't think you can say this guy's definitely the hardest hitter or this one is because um, plenty of big boys getting around. Oh, I think there was a lot that were getting around when Mark Hunt was fighting that would say he was the hardest hitter in the heavyweights, but um, I think his um, short arms didn't help him much. No, that's right, but, geez, he made the best of what he had. He did, he did. All right, so we're sort of at a situation where Woody's not in uniform for a starter, I must say. As, as yeah, you... no, that's that's clearly my fault. I, I, yeah. just, I just got home from the gym before we started started this and yeah. I, I didn't have a chance to uh, to put on the Mighty Foles uniform. Well, I, I actually cheated because we had um, wear AFL colours, yeah, footy colours day, but you could wear yeah. soccer colours as well. So, so I which, just... which, which colours are you wearing? Borussia Mönchengladbach, the mighty foals. It just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Uh, it took me about 12 months, but yes, it does. I even, but, have, um, to, I even have to listen to Google and have that tell me how to pronounce it. But yeah, it works now. <clears throat> um, one other thing too, while we're talking about... Um, Borussia Mönchengladbach. Or, no, no, no. <laughs> they're, they're, well, they're well placed at the moment. They're sitting, they sitting six, seven games in, so that's not yeah, too bad. Um, I just wanted to – did you oh, – I don't know if you saw it, but you would have been all around the news surrounding the um, uh, the drama. The weight. Last weekend's pay-per-view. Um, <clears throat> yeah, the the backstage fight, the um, calms up. Uh, comes out missing weight, the reshuffle of the main card. What did you make of all that? I'll let you go first quickly and then... Um, a pundit, a pundit, pundit, yeah, what, what pundit. Are we, uh, that's it, of MMA that um, we both actually respect summed it up and I think I've, I think you may have mentioned it in the chat in the exact same... Um, um, words actually, and that was Chael Sonnen basically said, You don't make weight, you go up the next weight. Yep, that's right. And I was actually listening to funny you mentioned, I was listening to Chael's podcast today, and he was talking about it. And he said, Um, so he was eight pounds overweight, mm. and he said, You could see his mouth was really dry and he couldn't talk, so he couldn't lose any more water weight. Mm. Um, so and, next, and that's the only thing he's going to be able to do in that time frame yeah, to make weight. That's right. And if there's no water left, well, you're not going to lose any more. And he said, so after the water weight's gone, um, the body starts stripping itself of fat. Mm. Um, when you're getting high-level athletes like this, there's no fat to lose. Mm. So the next thing is muscle, where the body actually starts eating itself, essentially. Mm. Um, but just go up a weight. You miss weight by that much. Um, you got to go up, but 
my my theory is a little. I'm, with, I'm in the Brendan Shaw camp with this one, and Dana called him out on it, and Shaw had a, had a bit of a go back. Did you catch any of that? No. So when it when it first <coughs> broke, um, my <coughs> my thoughts were maybe it was manufactured where um, Shmaev was told to miss weight, so that because they manufactured a bit of a scuffle backstage, because mm. they seemed to have four or five cameras that um, got to <coughs> cover this unexpected fight mm-hmm. from every angle. What a, what a coincidence. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, so you had the fight backstage and then have <coughs> Mrs. Waite, and then people wanted the, the Diaz and Ferguson fight anyway, so then that gets booked and then Chemaya versus Holland and uh, then uh, Lee Jingliang, he gets screwed over and... And and credit to him, he he was um well undersized in that fight, but he wasn't going to back down from it anyway. And yeah. most people think he won that fight, but the judges didn't see it that way. But it's just a complete shit show, to be honest. And right. I don't know how Dana can actually defend it, like whether it's manufactured or not, which I still think it was. Um, you can't defend that, and you can't. How can you take yourself seriously as the CEO or whatever role he's? official title is how can you take yourself seriously and defend <laughs> that like that's mm. you, two days before you cancelled the press conference two days not even two days before the the pay-per-view you have that fiasco mm. that circus and you just reshuffle the fights like these guys go into a fight camp for eight weeks preparing for one opponent and you change mm. it on a whim just because you want to mm. what an absolute joke all right, let's just hold that thought. We'll go to a break. We'll come back because when we quickly come back, I just wanted to um, mention about Aspen Lad and Cupcake and some of Cupcake's comments in the past. So we'll be back on the other side of this um, break. And we're back from the break. And just before we get into the break, I was just um, saying to you, Woody, Aspen Lad yet again, I think it's like the fourth time or third time in a certain period of time that she's missed weight again. And there's been a lot of toing and throwing between her and Cupcake Tate around Tate talk, questioning her professionalism. Well, all I can say is game, set and match, um, Tate. I think uh, um, it's just been proven, hasn't it? What is when a when a fighter signs on <clears throat> to fight someone else at a certain weight? What is his only job, his or her's only obligation? To turn up and make weights. Your only job is to make weight. How hard you train, what you eat, blah blah. It's all up to you. You don't have to train if you don't want to. You don't have to do this. You don't have to do that. The only obligation you have is to make weight on the agreed date. That's the only thing you have to do. Mm. Um, and as you said, it's Aspen Lad's done it how many times now? And the beam is by a big margin. And it's, too. it's actually three or four times. And it's not. It's not by half a pound here or there. I think one of them was six or seven pounds. Mm. Um, just just go up a weight class. And it's not as if she's winning fights either. Um, but yeah, if you if you miss weight, um, your next <clears> fight <throat> should be at the higher weight class, I think. <clears throat> and the prop I guess the problem is um in the women's divisions that if you miss depending on which division you miss weight in, there may not be another class to fight in. Bad luck. Well, that's what you sign up for, isn't it? Yeah, well, it would it would basically mean that you'd have to go up and fight in uh, what's the heaviest division now? Uh, still the bantamweight, I think. No, no, it's the one above the bantamweight. Well, the featherweight. Sorry. Yes, um, um, it would mean you, is, you'd you... have to fight featherweight and get slaughtered, probably. If you if you rock up to work late every day. Um, you're probably going to get spoken to, aren't you? 
It's a similar similar sort of thing. You got to show up at this time. You got to show up at a certain time and be on certain weight. Your expectations for your work is to show up at a certain time. um, And and she's not doing that. That's your only obligation. Show up on this date and weigh this much. That is it. Yep, very true. So look, her career is gonna spiral in a not so pleasant way i would be thinking after the most recent one all she's done is given tate more fuel to say look you're unprofessional and you you did make a valid point though when you said there's not too many options as far as weight classes go in (coughs) women's (coughs) division Um, and the problem is the only thing yeah that's it and the problem is because that would have been bantam she missed so she'd have to go up to featherweight, wouldn't she? Yeah. And featherweight, um, she's just going to get destroyed. And that's probably why she's trying to hide in the bantamweight. That, that doesn't matter. If you can't make the weight, you don't belong there, do you? Because let's be brutally honest, the featherweight was originally orchestrated to give Cyborg a division to come to the UFC. Correct. So anyway... Due to um, commitments, because Woody has to work tomorrow, belting inmates. Um, <laughs> we, 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 no, nah, he doesn't belt inmates, but um, he's got to work. Uh, we'll move on to AFL and the hot topic as of today. And I know at this stage it's supposedly alleged, and I say supposedly because I don't think it's a usual media break. Um, because it's come out of a report. So someone has said, it's not the media saying someone has said, someone has actually said to the people doing the investigation that um, this has taken place. Now, (coughs) my thoughts are, if even one ounce of it can be um, found to have taken place, or substantiated as a sort of investigative sort of term, you would imagine um, that two coaching careers are done and dusted if even one of those things is substantiated. Um, Yeah, two coaching careers would end immediately. And Um, I don't think there's any doubt. There'll be more heads than roll that just... Oh, yes. I, I was saying... Actually, I was saying to our good friend Kimber the White Lion in inboxes today because I sort of... When I forwarded it to our group, I also forwarded it to him for some, um, you know, filling my time at work sort of some, um, discussions. And I sort of said to him, it also, whoever was on the board at that time, because they have a duty of care to manage the governance of that football club. And part of the governance of that football club is managing risk like that. And they have failed in their uh, due diligence to do so. Yep. All I'm going <clears> to <throat> add to it is let's see how it plays out. Um, there's been a preliminary report. The AFL, Hawthorne mm. will investigate. Um, and you'd like to think they would make it a priority because it's not small, small fish or small claims. It's Pretty serious stuff. Um, I think they said up to three players, partners or whatever, or girlfriends, wives, were um, almost convinced, coerced, whichever, um, into abortions because they didn't think it was the best for their their play the, that player's playing career or future at the club. Um, which is yeah, pretty significant stuff, but. Yeah, let's hot um, fire until um, an investigation has taken place. Yeah, look, I'm not. Um, don't get me wrong. I'm not. Um, um, I don't disagree for you, but for something, um, you don't make this sort of shit up. Is my point? This this sort of story. There's got where no, there's you don't, where but... there's smoke. There's got to be some fire. Yep. Um, due diligence and proper process needs to take place. Oh, 100%. Um, and let's let's not pretend that um, Fagan and Clarkson don't have a right of reply here as well. Oh, 
no doubt um, at all. But wait a minute, I'm just um, doing a bit of admin here while, as we speak. But saying that, as I said, it's not the sort of story you're going to just dream up. No, it's not just a, a rumor from Twitter or you know Bigfooty or something like that, is it? It's no, and it's that's the, from a report. And that's the damning thing that um, is going to be interesting. And Which... no offense to the other two guys, but you know you play with fire, boys. If you have, uh, it's a big, big penalty. Yep. Um... Yeah, and then uh, North Melbourne are back at square one, aren't they? If, if, if that's the case. If it, if it plays out. And look, the, yeah, the, yeah, I, I just find it hard to believe that not that it could be completely fiction. I'm not saying it's completely true, but... I think I, it's probably fair oh. to say that something immoral has it probably has been done. taken place. That's right. And now, whether whether it's as explosive <clears> or as damning <throat> as the initial um, allegations are or not, um, as you said, where there's smoke, there's fire, and something someone's been wronged somewhere, haven't they? I would say so. And the 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 thing about it is, uh, and this actually come up in discussion with um, Philip actually, um, as we both agreed. If it was um, Jordan Lewis, would that would the same of words possibly been said? That's the question. Well, that's the thing, <clears throat> isn't it? Um, we won't go down that rabbit hole, but no, um, but that yeah, but that's another. <laughs> it's got something that needs to be taken into consideration. I think. That's right. That's right. And All that's right. why <clears throat> we need to hold fire <clears throat> on any comments or reservations <clears throat> or perceptions until. An investigation has taken place and Fagan and Clarkson have a right of reply. True, true. I just hope that we don't necessarily end up with an AFL um, housekeeping, sweeping stuff around that might end up under a mat. But um, uh, let's yeah, just you wait would and hope see. Not. <clears throat> I, don't, I, I think it's too delicate a situation for them to be able to pull that sort of bullshit this time around. I would have thought so, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, we've had an interesting week so far. We had two very different um, prelims. Um, Geelong reversed their prelim result, not against the same team, but reversed their prelim results pretty much, flipped it around and won by 70-plus points. Um, completely took what we thought was an impressive Brisbane side apart um. Yeah, that was an interesting game. What did did you um gain any extra respect for Geelong after watching that, or lose um, more I for Brisbane? I think we probably <clears throat> lost some for Brisbane, but um, the question's got to be asked, given what we've just discussed. Um, was Fagan or Brisbane potentially aware that this stuff was going to come out, and their main minds may have been elsewhere? That just jumped to my mind then. Oh, as you it just speaking. come to me then. Mm. But um, mm. I think that's probably something that's got to be kept in mind. One other thing that I want, I want to pose a question to you. Mm. Can you remember in your time watching AFL? Now, there's always two, three, maybe four teams <clears throat> throughout the course of a season that are clearly better than everyone else. Mm. That happens every year. There's a couple that separate themselves from the pack. But can you remember a time where there's been one single team that's just shown to be that much better than everyone else like Geelong have this year in this final series? Um, I think yeah. the gap between them and the rest is huge. And usually there's there's maybe two or three teams that, that are in the upper echelon of any one season. But this year it seems to be just Geelong. Well, the best football team I for one season I've ever seen is probably the 95 Carlton Premiership side. Yep. So, and, and they were pretty dominant. that then. They were pretty dominant. I, I would, I would argue probably throughout the season more dominant than this Geelong team. So, uh, so <clears throat> potentially in answer to my question, you can potentially only think of one example. Uh, you would, uh, you could also argue the Essendon team. That had a similar end of season result as that Carlton side. Uh, yeah, they did. Did one did win one flag there. 
yeah. but yeah, there's there's not many examples. That's my point. Mm. It's mm. a very very impressive Geelong team that's um, been trotted out this year, and they've done it all year long. They're what up to fourteen or fifteen wins <clears> in a row now. When you think about it, you've got arguably the two best coaches of the last ten years, and I would. I know they don't necessarily share as many um, flags as Mr. Clarkson, but if you look at the fact they're still in the game, we know he's coming back to the game. Um, yep. If if you look at the way those two guys are keep reinventing themselves, you've got two of the best um, few coaches we've seen over the last 10, 15 years. Um, and the thing is, too, and I wanna, you brought up Clarkson in that. So, <clears throat> um, yeah, a lot of people, especially Hawthorne fans, will get stuck into Geelong fans and say, oh, well, you know, where's your flags? Where's your flags? Um, <clears throat> this is this is eight out of the last ten years, I think, they've made a prelim. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely – there's more measures to success than just flags. Staying in the top four for that long is the sign of a successful, well-drilled football club. Yep. And look, um, you can say just, very similar I'm, about Sydney too. Yeah, that's right. Uh, <clears> they <throat> had the change of coach though. Well, they've gone from Ruse to Longmire, but still sustained that mm-hmm. that level. Um, and one thing I want to just add, and probably for me, probably separates um, Chris Scott, especially from Alistair Clarkson, is when it looked like it might get tough, and the Hawks might slide. Clarkson stepped away, didn't he? Whereas we've been waiting for Geelong to fall and fall and fall forever. Yeah. And Chris Scott keeps them getting them at the top. But uh, here answers things the got question. A bit, when things got a bit tough, Clarkson, Clarkson walked away. Here's one for you. Um, just thinking on along the lines of what you said about the Brisbane scenario with um, maybe they had some intel. Um, maybe because... They didn't say necessarily that it was Clarkson left. He sort of almost got directed to leave, didn't he? To give well, Mitchell. Yeah, that's right. Does, yep. it, does, does it all they have wind? In? Yeah, did they have wind that there was something brewing? But I mean, this is, we can speculate all we want, but oh. as we said, there's an investigation that's going to take <clears> place. And, but what? yeah, there's, 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 surely if we can think of these things, then, um, the powers that be that would you'd like to think are a bit more intelligent than us too would also maybe explore those avenues. Well, look, that's what podcasts are about, or entertainment. And if we happen to speculate a few ideas and get some discussion going, I think we've done our job. And oh, no, exactly right. To be brutally honest, say maybe it's, it's a possibility. definitely happened this way, or this has happened this mm. way. Just throwing some ideas out. That's or right. Some food for thought. There's got to be a reason why um, Hawthorne all of a sudden decided to jump 12 months ahead of their planning. There has to be a reason. Well, that's right. Does it all tie in? Potentially. Um, I'd never thought of that that way, but... Mm. <clears throat> Maybe. Um, and look, um, Jeff Kenneth's probably... A, Jeffrey, we love you, not. Um, he's probably just a little bit lucky that it wasn't during his tenure because that would be even more uh, momentum to want to chop heads off I've been watching. Yeah, that's of, right. Be I've been rewatching Game. Of, been rewatching Game of Thrones. So I'm into the head chopping. Let's um, <clears throat> let's move on to the other prelim from last week. Yes. Um. Now that was probably well interesting. Um. What were your thoughts on Collingwood that? looked absolutely shot in that first half, didn't they? They did. I but... actually, I was actually, I was actually out for for dinner with the family last Saturday. Um. Well, you uh, get yes. a, do you call going to McDonald's out for dinner? No, no, no. We actually actually went out to a, a proper establishment. Well, which establishment um, was that? Why you, why uh, you? This is the Golden Point Hotel. Okay. Also formerly um, known as Zagami's. Zagami's, that's right. <clears throat> um, anyway, yeah, we left when we left home. Sydney were well up, and I thought, mm. oh, well, I'm not going to pay too much attention to this. Anyway, we get there, we settle in, and <coughs> I look up at the screen, and all of a sudden, Collingwood's within two goals, and then within a few points, and then they're one point down, and the siren goes with the ball up their end, too. Um, so they did did fight back well, but I just... You would have seen yourself 
Um, a lot of the rhetoric there was the was it Papley with the potential push on more or whatever. That's what I was trying to but, ask you, yeah. Because um, for me, how many times have I said it? Umpires don't determine outcomes. I know, I agree totally. But, but and, and it that's does what I'm going to say is it does hold out a problem though. The the thing is, Sydney's poor kicking early kept mm. Collingwood in the game, and then Collingwood's good kicking mm. got them back into it. But <clears throat> at one stage, it was like thirty six to six. Mm. But it was five goals, six to one goal. Mm. Um, if that's eight goals, three, um, the game's well and truly over halfway through the second quarter. Yeah, but, but on that um, incident you're talking about, I'm not saying it costs games or anything like that, but it has highlighted how ridiculous that rule is because. They are that inconsistent with you. Either, either you've got your hands in their back or you haven't. There's just, there's no, oh, that one was okay bullshit. You know what I mean? But this is the thing. If Collingwood didn't let Hawthorne <clears throat> kick the first five or six goals. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not saying it was the difference. I'm just saying that just um, highlights that, the stupid That was rule. the difference. When you, when you give up six of the first <clears throat> seven goals, <clears throat> um, only an absolute moron would say that an umpire cost you the goal. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. I, and, and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it just highlights how ridiculous that rule is. I just, where, where, do you see Collingwood going, where do you see Collingwood going from here? Is this year just one out of the box with a new coach? Or yep. are they going to sustain this? 100%. I feel I, as though I don't think that style can be sustained. They've been reasonably lucky with, a lot of with close injuries. Wins. Yeah, a lot of close wins. They haven't been exactly... Um, slaughtered by injury like some of the other teams that were vying for positions in the eight. Um, yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of people that don't pay much attention to or give much credit to percentage. Mm. Um, but I think percentage over the course of a season tells a story. When you finish in the top four and you've won, <clears throat> uh, how many games did they win? 14 or whatever. Mm. And 11 of those are by less than two goals. Mm. Um, yeah, you can't say you're a, a great, you're one of the, I don't know how to word this, but they, they had cl close wins against <coughs> good teams and against poor teams as well. Mm -hmm. Like they, they scraped across the line with a kick after the sign to Essendon who finished bottom four. North Melbourne and West Coast ran them pretty close. They had a one goal win against GWS. Um, they only just got over the line against Carlton. Um, mm. Well, the, you... the good the good teams and the better teams they will put the poor teams away, won't they? Yeah. Well, the the thing is too of what you're saying when you're dealing with you know a one kick game that sort of thing. It could be like the uh, 2010 Grand Final. It could be the way the ball bounces. Can be the difference. Well, let's 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 look at. I'll go back to the. The Carlton and Melbourne game in round mm. 22. Um, that was just goal, like the last quarter and a half. Just goal for goal, goal for goal. Melbourne didn't beat Carlton. Carlton weren't going to beat Melbourne. Just someone was going to be in front when the siren went. Mm -hmm. um, and in Collingwood's case, it happened to be them 11 out of however many mm. times. But they're not. If, if they play that many close games next year, they're not going to win that many. No. Um, I... I I honestly think a good value bet for the punters out there would be have I don't know what the market is, but have a look at what you can get for Collingwood to miss the eight. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's valid, very valid. And because um, they don't have a reliable <clears throat> avenue to goal either. Like Makes and Cox is still their number one forward. But look, you know what? All that being said, um, they've gone from seventeenth to a point away from a grand final appearance. So let's not pretend that um, that's just a a Mickey Mouse achievement. They've done very, very well oh, to make uh, it. No one's taken and, away. Look, they're, they're the team and, of the and year. You don't, as, as I've said, like, you don't win that many close games <clears throat> um, very often, but <clears throat> they obviously have a character and a will to win and work for each other, and they never give in. So right. that's a great quality to have. All right, with, just with Collingwood before we move on to another... The grand little, final. Well, no, I've got another tidbit before that oh, for okay. you. But um, just before we move on, who, weighing up what we've just said about Collingwood, all right, now if they've got the option of a fully fit Grundy next year, right, which we know he's probably going to get traded out during the trade yep. period, or a fully fit Dugowie, who do they need more? Bearing in mind 
They lose Cox to the ruck when there's no Grundy. Who do they need the most out of those two? I, the- I think they covered Grundy's loss very well this year. Um, I, Cameron, he, he, I would argue... He acquitted himself very well. They got found out in the prelim with the ruck combination. Only when I don't think that's a Cameron thing, though. I think that's more the Mason Cox thing. That's yeah, that's my point. So is um is the Grundy thing going to be a bigger problem? Was it highlight? Was it masked by the fact that they won those close games? Potentially, yeah. But I still think to go would be a bigger <clears throat> loss to them because if if you got Darcy Cameron playing that way and he's still only young so if he takes the step to the next level again over the next year or two um why can't they trade for someone i think they're saying billy frampton's on the outer again um he didn't play many games this year um there's a few fringe ruckman getting around and and they just need to pinch hit as well they don't you're not going to be the number one ruckman but can they find a place in the forward line and you know, ruck twenty percent of the game. Yeah, because it's, I it's think just... it's it's going to be easier to cover that, I think, than Dugowie, mm. because this is this has probably been Dugowie's most consistent year in his career, yeah. and he showed how good he can be. Yeah, because I was going to say, as far as the ruck department goes for Collingwood in that prelim, up till half time, they were screwed. It was only when the other who was it that went down, which the other Swan ruckman, um, but. Who was it? The other... No, it wasn't Sinclair. No, not Sinclair. Um, um, Hickey. Reed. I can't even think they got... Oh, Reed. Yeah, Reed. Yeah. Yeah, once, Reed, Reed. once Reed went down... They got that, on top of they it. They got back in the game. Yeah. So um, I really think they looked pedestrian in the ruck until then. So... And it just meant that um, the ex-Saint, Hawk... Sorry, ex-Saint, Eagle and... Son had to um, go it alone in the second half, and that's when the game. I forgot he was at Gold Coast, actually. Yeah, he started there first. He started out there, didn't he? <clears throat> he did. He's been a bit of a um, interesting. Um, he's got the best out of himself in Sydney. So I think he has. Yeah, his last few couple of years at Sydney has been very, very good. Yep. Now, my other um, question I was going to pose: What was the um, biggest fall down to reality? For the season, for you, um, Essendon. Oh, I'll go. I'll raise you one Melbourne Football Club straight sets finals. Boom. Bye. Um, that didn't surprise <clears> me though. Did that didn't surprise me if you if you watch them sort of. But I'm not necessarily saying it surprised. I'm saying fall from reality though. Because those um, lads, were yeah, get... I think you know what. That's probably not too bad. I think they're probably the two standouts, aren't they? Everyone yeah. else. If you look at the other clubs, they probably <clears throat> probably met or just fell short of expectations, didn't they? Well, like, well I'd even argue. Look at say so the Bulldogs. The Bulldogs probably expected to finish seventh or eighth. I would have thought <clears throat> Brisbane would have been. They made a prelim, so they've acquitted themselves well. Think Gold Coast finished in the window. Finished in the right. window. Of Gold what you Coast. Picked. Yep, Gold Coast pushed for <clears throat> a finals berth until late on. Um, we probably didn't expect much from North Melbourne, West Coast, GWS. We thought of probably thought they'd fall away a bit. Adelaide improved Carlton from last finished. year. Carlton were right there. At the they end. were in their window. Um, yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, Mel- Melbourne they finished second on the ladder, but to go out in straight sets, I think you're right. That would have fell well short of expectation. And I think also too, they obviously got ahead of themselves even in the lip department, as we've seen with uh, Mr. Petty. Mr. Petty, who likes to run his mouth, um, but obviously doesn't like it when it comes back. So if you want to talk tough, you've got to actually be tough, Harrison. That's all I'm going to say. <coughs> well, all I would say is if I was in charge of Melbourne's list, I'd be trading him out. That's how, oh, how, all mentally, I'm say is how mentally weak he is. If you're uh, a uh, full forward <coughs> or centre-half forward in the AFL, I think... Harrison Petty has proven to you that you can get him off his game very easily, very early on, and um, you should um, be in his ear that whole game. Oh, yeah, what I would be doing? He's very mentally weak. I'd be reaching into my sock and pulling out some tissues at the start of the game. Oh, yeah. 
I think, yeah, he's just opened himself up to a lot, a lot of sledging, hasn't he? They have. So we'll we'll move on quickly. Um, congratulations to Patrick Cripps for his um, Brownlow medal win. A little bit of controversy because he challenged a two-week suspension and his legal team got him over the line and got him a Brownlow. Did um did he follow? Did was due process followed? Yeah, look, I'm, I I personally think it was great that he won because um, I'm glad, say, I'm glad all think, of it didn't win it. Do Do you think that the original suspension was worth it? To be honest, should I'd have forgot. he been suspended? It was that important to my mind that I'd forgotten that he had that when he won it. That's... Yeah, well, there you go. But let's be honest, <clears> um, <throat> I don't think anyone's too disappointed <clears throat> that he did get it. No, and look, would have been good. Would have been good to see Took Miller get up there as well, but um, or Andrew Brayshaw, one of the mm-hmm. one I'll... of the the lesser likes as far you know the just the bona fide superstars or the ones that get all the attention. Took Miller and Andrew Brayshaw <clears throat> um, sort of fly under the radar a bit. So it would have been good to see one of those guys get up. But um, and it was we're not great. disappointed that Cripps did. I'm not disappointed that Oliver missed out because. I believe that um, game against Brisbane, he um, lost a lot of fans with the way he squealed about the so-called eye-gouging incident. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> he did, but you know what? If if someone puts their fingers in your eyes, um, yeah, you're probably, probably not going to react too well to it, are you? Um, yeah, but if you're... I'm not going to debate whether or not the elbow was on the throat, but <coughs> if someone's going to sit on top of you like he did, you're not exactly going to let them sit on top of you neither. So Yeah, I know, but scratching at the eyes is a bit much, I would have thought. Well, I would have thought lying on top of him like a Muppet like he did is a bit too much as well. Uh, so well, Each to their own. No, well, two wrongs, never make a but right. But you know what? Who cares? <clears throat> Oliver didn't win, so we're happy. Well, uh, look... If Oliver had been bleeding around the eyes, it wouldn't have worried me. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, so we're we're into a grand final. We've got our 10-minute warning, so it's good timing to get into the grand final. Uh, so we've got the Geelong Football Club playing the Sydney Football Club, the artist formerly known as the South Melbourne Bloods. Um, who, who do you like? I like Geelong by about seven goals, to be honest. Mm. I'm not quite as confident because my gut feeling is Geelong is susceptible in the ruck. Yeah, but Sydney don't have a dominant ruckman either. No. So I think Reece Stanley can make up for his poor ruck work around the ground. Yeah, um, but so I think whether he goes up against Hickey or someone, I think he could have them covered around well, the ground. Hickey this year has managed to kick goals at times, though, too, which will mean Reese may need to be a bit more. Well, that's uh, the key, isn't it? Hickey needs to get forward <clears throat> of those <clears throat> contests, doesn't he? And he has done that this year. What, what I like about Sydney, though, I reckon they've got a bit more polish in the guts. Yeah, let's. <laughs> And they they do. A, and they've got a little bit of leg speed too. Yeah. Um, yeah, Geelong's probably got more grunt in the middle, but as you said, Sydney's got a bit more polish, don't they? And they've got leg speed. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I still think Geelong's too strong up forward especially, although oh. Paddy McCartan and Tom McCartan have been pretty good this year. But I just think if, <clears throat> if Cameron or Hawkins can get two or three early goals... Um, it could be curtains early on. Well, my feeling too is, though, one thing um, I picked up on from listening to a bit of analysts about the way Sydney play, um, you know, matching them up against Sydney, uh, uh, Geelong, I should say, is one thing Sydney's mids do, they lower their heads when they're yeah, delivering the ball. Which, that's right. And which if we look doesn't at play into Geelong's field. strengths. No, that's right. Geelong like to get numbers at a contest, don't they? But Sydney like to lower their eyes and hit a target. So if they're hitting a target, it means there is no contest. That's right. And also... And the ball too, doesn't get to round and then they can't use that spread yeah, from around they the like to, They like to intercept mark and it eliminates the intercept mark if you're actually lowering your eyes. 
Well, I think that's the thing. Tom Stewart, now, <clears throat> I he plays probably one of the easiest roles in the game, I think, is that loose man that just reads the bomb that comes into the forward line, which most teams do, um, and, you know, be that third or fourth man to take that intercept mark. And we all blame now, Nick Maxwell for that because they just yep. guard the ground. Guard the grass. Now, that being said, it is the, probably one of the easier roles, but he's probably the best at it. Um, but as you said, to negate that, um, you just lower your eyes, don't you? And just you, you kick it away from the part of the ground that Tom Stewart's in. Correct, and and um, the other thing is too. It's very football is a very simple game, but there's a lot of stupid people right. that play it these days. Yeah. Well, look, the other thing is too. Um, can can um, Geelong stop Sydney's delivery into the fifty to guys like Buddy, etc. Um, if they are lowering their eyes, that's the question. Like, so the the question I've got if if the game opens up. Um, which team's more likely to kick 16 or 18 goals? That's Geelong. Mm, I think if the game opens up, it brings Sydney's run more into it, though. No, I, I, I just I don't see Sydney getting too close. They might be able to go with them for a little bit, but I think Geelong... And their defence, Geelong, this year has been really good, too. <coughs> like, it's... Sam De Koning, um, if that guy is not going to finish with four or five All Australians by the time his career is done, I'll be very surprised. And this is only his second year, mm. and he's had some big jobs on big forwards this year and done more than <clears throat> could be expected of him. He's probably in the top four or five key defenders in the game. Mm. Um, and I just, I just think that Geelong just have have more better players across the ground. Their bottom bottom five or six is much better than Sydney's, I think. Look, I think Geelong will win, but I don't think it's going to be anywhere near as big a gap as what you're saying. So we'll go go with a margin. What Mm -hmm. what are you talking? I've said seven goals. I I believe it'll only be a couple of goals. I really do. It's on the MCG. Um, Sydney, you've played there this year and done well. Geelong still have played most of their games at um, Scumbag Stadium, so who knows? But I, Geelong will definitely win it, but I'm thinking 15 points. Yep. Uh, yeah, I, think, I, I, I think it's going to be, be a bit of a blowout. Okay. As I said earlier, Geelong, Geelong to me just seemed to be so much better than everyone else. Yep. All right. Um, who do you have for first goal, do you reckon? Um, I don't. I think we just go go the obvious, Jeremy Cameron. <clears throat> well, I'm going to go Papley. Just All right. So I'm just looking at that. So you can get nine dollars on Jeremy Cameron. Mm-hmm. You get twelve dollars on Papley. Yep. And for the Norm Smith, um, I actually think it may go to I just... Mr. Mr. Dangerfield. I reckon. I reckon he's going to play out of his skin. I actually <clears throat> don't mind Cam Guthrie. Nah. There's a bit of value with him at $13. Patrick Dangerfield at $7. This is actually one knock on Dangerfield's career as he hasn't stepped up in finals. Um, he's had a very good final series this year, hasn't he? Yep. And I actually think he's got something to prove in the grand final in particular because he's um hasn't got that flag. I reckon he will be the Norm Swift medalist. Um, and if Sydney happened to get up or a Sydney player was to win the Norm Smith, who who would you back there? Uh, or like Chad Warner or Callum Mills? Yeah, no, I'd go Mills, I reckon. And Luke <clears throat> Parker. Um, yeah, it'd be well, great the, to see him. There's but, three, three of the guys that could cause Geelong a lot of headaches. But as you said, like that's, that's, that's a bit of that polish that you were talking about mm. earlier, isn't it? Yep. Tell you what, if, if, if Mills, Parker and Warner... Um, play all play to their abilities. Sydney might be a chance. I just, I don't see it happening. Um, I think Geelong are a lot better. They have been all year. Um, I don't know what the score was when they played last, but um, I just think it's gonna be 
a think, comfortable win. Didn't Sydney win it last time? Well, I'm just trying to find out if you want to ramble on for a bit while I have a look. Well, we've only got about two minutes left before we've got to go, so um, I don't know about that one. Uh, I know um, our usual fella that's um, on the podcast that's actually currently in jail as far as we're concerned. Huh. Um, he would be absolutely trying to sit on the fence but it would be killing him because he's a Geelong man. He'd be trying to be he the most. He does like to be prote- humble or play the devil's advocate. He he try uh, he likes to play the role of the humble soul. But we know very well it's an Academy Award every time he does when it comes to Geelong. <clears throat> right, so they played in round <clears throat> two, which seems like an eternity ago. Yep. And um, Sydney got up by thirty points. Yep. But that has been a lot of football. That was at the SCG, though. And there's been plenty happened mm, since then. Yeah. Um, Geelong did kick 10 goals, 17 that day as well, though. Yep. And look, Geelong have turned it around since and killed a humbled them earlier on the year, too, though. They haven't lost a game. That was the turning then. point, wasn't it? Yeah. And you mentioned you mentioned um, the 95 Carlton side as well. Um, they copped a pasting um, about round 10 or something from Brisbane and never looked back from there. That's right. So there's, there's <clears> uh, <throat> some parallels to be drawn there too. Certainly is. So, look, we've come to the last minute, so it's time for us to say our goodbyes. Now, Woody, which social um, medias that you are not allowed to operate at the moment um, can people contact us on? Um, yeah, you can just search for MPO Sports on Facebook, but... Um, Tim and Jeremy will take over duties there because and Josh a, occasionally and Josh, um, so I'm on a ban or NPO underscore sport on Twitter. Yes, and um, Josh Watson, who also helps us out on the Facebook side of things, will be editing this lovely um, dose of AFL, USC, and EPL, and we'll get it out to you very soon on Spotify. And um, he will also be utilising Zaggy 2's Velvet Tones. So anyway, um, at this stage, it's going to be bye from me. And bye from me and enjoy the grand final. And hopefully, Jeremy...